So um, the uh, title of my talk today is Are you taking yourself seriously? And what is serious practice? We have been and are going through very stressful time right now. And the, the result of the election made me realize the, the relief I experienced made me realize how stressed I was or tense inside I was inside before. And it really made me realize how we are all interconnected. I thought about the candidates um, on the campaign trail and uh, each person casting their vote and the postal worker and the people counting the votes and the media announce, announcing the result. And I, I really felt this interconnection and regardless of our political affiliation, we are all in the same boat. So are you taking uh, yourself seriously? Am I taking myself too seriously? Uh, when I describe Zen practice as hard, uh, for instance, I'm going to go to a session and, and a friend, uh, I said, I'm going to a meditation retreat and a friend responds, oh, that's great. You're going to relax and have a good time. And I said, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I have to follow the schedule and I'm cooking for 15 people and I have to, uh, you know, make up a menu and so on. I'm not going to a spa or something. Or um, when I was practicing at the Sonoma Mountain Zen Center, so you get up at uh, 5.45 and you start the day with 108 prostration. And then each uh, sitting is 40 minutes. Uh, there, is, there was no time really for shower because there was not enough showers. So too many people it changed since then. And, uh, you know, the um, uh, relief that I expected from the work break was uh, cutting grass with scissors. <laughs> so that was really <laughs> something very enjoyable. And I was uh, uh, sleeping in a tent with other people. And on Rohat Susechin, uh, we sit through the whole night for the last night to celebrate Buddha's birthdays. And we have even this, uh, you know, device that uh, supports your chin so that you don't fall asleep. I could still fall asleep <laughs> with this uh, device. And then the, the day after, you know, everybody is so uh, satisfied because we went through this very difficult thing. So the more difficult it is, the more I can brag about it. But Zen is not about performing, right? Uh, or I can take myself too seriously if I think that uh, Zen makes me special. Uh, I usually say that I'm not a Buddhist. I say I practice Buddhism because I feel personally that if I say I'm a Buddhist, I'm separating myself from uh, other people. 
And in a subtle way, I could say, I could feel that uh, science made me special because in Zen, we don't use any techniques, no techniques at all. We don't need techniques because we are already enlightened. And so we just practice without techniques compared to other tradition where, you know, they have, they have techniques. Another way to take myself to tell us too seriously would be to think that uh, I'm not good enough. So I am criticizing myself. I'm not sitting enough or I have no self-discipline. And I remember a, a friend of mine, uh, he's a doctor, and he asked me to teach him meditation, which I was very happy to do. And he would like it when we will do it all together. But he said, you know, I have no discipline. I can't do it by myself. And I told him, Enrique, you're a doctor. What are you talking about? You went through medical school. It's not a question of self-discipline. It's a question of taking time. Taking time to take care of yourself. So if I feel I'm not good enough, uh, I might not take time aside uh, to sit. Or I compare myself to other people. Or I'm doubting your, my capacity. I'm discouraged because after all this year, I'm still angry. Uh, or I don't want to appear like a fool if I, if I forget what I'm supposed to do with the etiquette in the Zendo. Or um, I'm, I'm not confident enough right, to, to give a Dharma talk. So I think a good way to um, counteract that is to remember the posture. Because the posture is inviting us to sit upright. And sitting upright is giving, uh, giving us uh, a, a sense of being dignified. Another way is to feel this royal ease. So this dignified posture reminds us that we can trust ourselves to do the practice. Um, now, am I taking myself seriously enough? Is, is the sitting that I, uh, schedule in my, uh, day, is that something, uh, that I, which is on my day, uh, our, uh, our to-do list? You know, I squeeze it in between two things I have to do. Uh, to establish a study uh, practice? Or what makes us decide to spend time sitting or going to a retreat or reading a book about Buddhism compared to the time that we need to spend uh, doing our other life, because everything is part of life, uh, work and uh, obligation to our family, to our friends, and also enjoying ourselves and taking care of ourselves. So that uh, uh, let me think about what is right effort, which is also called joyful effort or effortless effort. 
And the effort is not about bracing ourselves and pushing ourselves. We know how to do that very well, especially in uh, our culture. And uh, that's why uh, practicing with Jisho, Dojin, and Koin really help us to become more gentle with ourselves. And uh, during session, we have two-hour break when we have to do nothing. And that's when things happen, actually. So the effort is not about pushing. The effort is about being patient and paying attention over and over again. And laziness, we have to reconsider what it means. Laziness is, and I've not yet uh, met an American person who is lazy uh, so far. <laughs> but laziness is not confronting what we have to confront. And so the easiest way is to keep ourselves busy with all kind of stuff so that we you avoid what it is that we have to see. So effortless effort or joy, joy, joyful effort. It has to be uh, full with the sort of uh, looking forward to spend time with ourselves because that's what practice is when we sit. Effortless effort is um, not about pushing but it's about remembering, remembering to pay attention. And it's like the, the meal sutra that we say. We say, innumerable labors have, have brought us this food. We should know how it comes to us. Receiving this offering. So now this offering is the opportunity to practice that we give ourselves. We should consider the effort and practice we bring to it. So that's effortless effort. So, so that's about us. Uh, if we take ourselves seriously or not, or too much or whatever. But then what is serious practice? Uh, how do I take uh, practice seriously? You know, from the outside, uh, Zen looks rather austere and uh, severe with the black robe and the silence and the uh, dignified posture as well. Um, and I think that perhaps uh, how we describe what the practice is to someone else might uh, help us to uh, to consider how serious we take the practice. Um, for instance, uh, sometimes I say the inspiration from the practice, because I feel that when we sit again in this dignified posture, we are supported by the earth, the top of our head is towards the sky, we sit tall between the earth and the sky, and we sit with the rest of the world. We, we don't sit just for ourselves. We sit for the whole world. Um, sometimes I think about the ritual uh, 
I like to light a candle and I love the smell of the incense and I love the mystery to me of the bowing. And especially uh, in the morning uh, when when the daylight comes uh, at the end of the sitting period, I, I really enjoy that. Or I can describe the sitting like, well, what you do is that you sit staring at a wall and you are uh, waiting for the bell to ring and you're not supposed to move and you're supposed to wait to welcome everything, even pain, and uh, not move. Uh, So that could perhaps uh, appear a little bit strange. What, why, why would we do that? But I guess if we have decided to practice this because um, there's something that um, uh, moves us to, to continue. And it always comes back to uh, the practice uh, moment to moment. And our practice is perfect in each moment. It's very simple. And uh, maybe it's a, it's a wholehearted plastic practice. Maybe it's a, like a child playing. You know, child is completely immersed in what, what he's doing. He takes it very seriously, but he's laughing because he's enjoying himself. Or like a musician. A musician needs a technique, excellent technique to play and to be present, to be in the rhythm. And if it's an orchestra, of course, to uh, connect with the other musician. But at the same time, uh, we need the, the relaxation. We need the whole... Uh, body mind of the person being uh, immersed in the music, otherwise not going to go through the the music itself. It will be just technical uh, technical play. It's not it's not deep. Also, uh, I <laughs> I'm always uh, surprised when people say my meditation. You know, when they describe their their practice, my meditation. Well. You practice, but it's not your meditation. It's like, it's like, uh, that's the beauty of it because, uh, we share this medita- meditation together, even though each of us doing it a totally different way. Um, it's more like you don't own the meditation. It's a, it's a reverse. It's a meditation that owns you. So Dogen description in the 1243, so it's 13th century, and it's still relevant, I think. So he uh, he says, sit solidly in samadhi and think not thinking. How do you think not thinking? Not thinking. This is the art. See, he used, he used the word art, the art of Zazen. 
Zazen is not learning to do concentration. It is the Dharma gate of great, great ease and joy. He used the word ease and joy. It is undefined practice enlightenment. Always together. The practice and enlightenment are always together. So what is serious practice? I think to me, uh, reflecting on why we started the practice can help to uh, refine how we look at the practice. If we use Zen practice just as a training to improve ourselves, well, nothing wrong with that. But uh, if we think that we are becoming, uh, Zen is to become equanimous. And so what happens when we're hungry? then we are not practicing correctly. Uh, maybe that's not the way to look at that. Or if we use Zen as a hobby, probably after a while we will lose interest and we will stop uh, practicing. So if we remember, if we remind ourselves about why we started uh, the practice, usually most of the time, we started practice because we had a difficult time. Maybe uh, after a loss or divorce or an illness or a general sense of being lost, um, ill at ease, not fitting or inadequate or seeking the meaning of life. And that's the pain and the suffering that prompted to look for an answer. So the reason we started should be remembered and cultivated with a sense of gentle remembering because without that, we would not have started. And so each time we feel anxious and we feel adequate and we feel angry, then we can bring ourselves back to practice. And that's how we realize that what happens on the cushion expands in our daily life. Because usually the shift, the shift happens in when we are confronted in the same situation of anxiety or anger or whatever. And we realize, oh, I handle it differently. Instead of reacting, I took some um, distance from it. I was able to respond to the situation. And the way we practice moment to moment with patience and gentleness, when we watch our thoughts, on the pillow and we bring ourselves back to a center with, a, with our breath, then the same thing will happen in our daily life. The, um, the anxiety, the difficulty will help us to come back to our center. Because that's, <laughs> that's the good thing about Zen practice is that, in fact, it helps mostly 
when we have to deal with difficult and pleasant, unpleasant situation. So we need our delusions to practice. And delusions is the reason why we started. And since our delusions are inexhaustible, we don't, we don't need to worry about that. We will always have them. And progressively, we come uh, to the realization that our core self, which is uh, in a way part of we, why we started the practice, is not going to change. What's going to change is how we relate to it. And we will, we learn progressively how to, instead of reacting to the suffering with, oh, why did I do that again? And self-criticizing and, and so on, blaming. <clears throat> we uh, learn how to observe the resistance to suffering. In the same way, it's the same thing that you know, we watch the thoughts and then we bring the attention back to the outbreaths. So the same way, we watch this endless, endless feeling inadequate, anxious, so on, and then we come back to practice. So I would say that a serious practice, it means that it works. It works in the world. It works in our life. And um, why does it work? Or, or no, how to gauge how it works is uh, the direction we have. Because the practice is not uh, just about the, the meditation itself. It's based on the tradition of being on the path of Bodhisattva, right? And so, uh, Oshiyama Roshi say, a Bodhisattva is an ordinary person who has a direction toward, toward Buddha. Direction is a vow to be a Buddha. And as you all know, Bodhisattva, right? Bodhi is awakening wisdom, and Bodhisattva is a seeker of Bodhi, donc wisdom, awakening, whose life is dedicated to the awakening of all sentient beings. We want to free all beings. So we have this direction of um, the intention of being a Bodhisattva. And so we just practice moment to moment and, and slowly and gently, instead of automatically self-blaming, we start to accept ourselves the way we are. And we realize that we need every, lead, every part of ourselves, especially the part that we do not like to practice and to deepen our understanding. And the wonderful thing is that the practice itself will increase our confidence. Uh, so instead of uh, this false humility of, of saying, you know, why, how, how can I do that? 
my little me. I'm too obsessive, I'm too anxious, and so on. Uh, there is a joy because we are becoming friends with ourselves. And we accept ourselves the way we are, so it brings peace, it brings relief, so that we can extend our understanding to others. And so practicing helps to continue the practice. Um, it is this, this confidence that we, we will find the adequate response to the situation. Why? Not because, uh, it's not based on information. It's based on understanding, on understanding. And why we can do that is, um, two things. It's because we make the vow, the vows, the four bodhisattvas vow, and they are impossible. It's impossible to free all sentient beings. It's an endless task. So we put our ego aside and we just continue and continue and continue. And the other reason why practice is serious is because we cannot fail. There is no way we can fail. So again, it's not about us. It's about the practice. And the serious practice will naturally conduct us to do the right thing, the free or sentient beings. And we will notice in our daily life the difference. Without, uh, without making a decision. Often people tell me, even for little thing, uh, even for such a little thing I, as, for instance, uh, having to have an MRI, you know, an MRI where, where you are surrounded by all this horrible sound in this claustrophobic environment. And this person said, I just, I just went back to my breathing. She did not think about going before the test that she would do that. She just did it. You see, the, the practice comes to you. And so then, in whatever activity you will do in your life, it will be with you. Whether it's work, whether it's with your family, whether it's any uh, cause or political activity you uh, believe in and you want to engage with, you take your practice with you. Or rather, <laughs> it comes with you because it's always with you. It will never fail you. And it's about each thought, speech, and action I'm responsible and I am accountable for. That's our practice. <laughs>